everyone. Welcome to Better Hiring, a podcast by Workable. As a marketing manager at Workable, if there was one thing I had to choose as my absolute favorite part of my job, it would be learning from the folks who are challenging the status quo and moving the recruitment industry forward. That's why we're here today. This podcast is a space for the leaders who are driving this progress to share their real, honest experiences in overcoming challenges and moving the hiring industry forward. And of course, to bring you the latest tips, trends, and strategies to help you find a path to better hiring. In this bonus episode, my colleague Keith sits down with Vajani Cadet, LEK Consulting's Diversity Recruitment and Engagement Lead, to talk about action items for you to succeed in your diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Vajani talks about how it's changed over time, how you can get started, what makes it unique now during these times, and how to make it sustainable for the future. Let's jump in. If you are working in human resources and recruitment, the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion has become a much bigger part of your work. We at Workable wanted to understand better and deeper the insights and expertise related to the topic. We decided to reach out to somebody who is an expert of the field. My background is in HR space. My roles have primarily comprised being a, a true business partner in helping leaders and internal stakeholders understand what is our employee value proposition, how do we ensure that we're amplifying that, but then also how do we ensure that we have the right policies, practices in place, that we're building the right culture and sustaining the right culture so that we can recruit, develop, and retain the best and the brightest. When I was in college, actually, I was a part of a program that's goal was to really diversify the business school. And, and that's really kind of where that interest and curiosity around diversity and inclusion um, initiatives came from. And it's always been a passion of mine as a first generation Caribbean American woman of color. There's lots of intersectionality in terms of my experiences. And so I really wanted to transition to a role where I can commit myself fully Diversity, equity, and inclusion are not new concepts. 1964 was a landmark year in terms of this. The Civil Rights Act in the United States was passed. And in that act was uh, the introduction of uh, protected characteristics. You can no longer discriminate based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. From that point forward, it became illegal to discriminate against a candidate on base your hiring decisions. And then after that, supplements came along. Uh, new additions to that law based on pregnancy, age, disability, and then there was sexual harassment, and there was a whole bunch of other things being brought in. Today, we now have diversity, equity, and inclusion have become less of a compliance thing and more of what Vajani says. Initially, when organizations were thinking about diversity, it was really around purely representation and quotas. Leadership and executives and, and even frontline managers weren't necessarily bought in to the idea, but felt that it was sort of something that was mandated, something that they had to do. And so therefore it was done. And then I think in the most recent years, what we've seen is the shift from, you know, diversity being something that is told to do to something that actually has proven business impact. Companies which are ethnically diverse are 35% more likely to yield higher revenue and gender diverse organizations are 15% more likely to see more being in their pocketbook. 
There's been a lot of conversations around what is the the business case for diversity. Organizations with diverse teams perform better, have higher engagement, increase profits and revenues. And so that was the motive or the catalyst for diversity and inclusion over the last several years. What I think is happening now, it's gone from something that we were told that we had to do to something that we realized, okay, there's business impacts here to now doing the right thing. I think what we're transitioning to now is with technology, people are not only seeing things that they may not have seen before that maybe they turned a blind eye to, but they're also feeling things that they did not feel before. And I think what is becoming a result of that is there's so much eagerness, so much passion to do things differently. And I think what's driving equity and inclusion efforts forward now is really that feeling, that passion of wanting to do the right thing. More than 300 additional companies expressed their support for the Black Lives Matter movement and acknowledged the reality of systemic racism after the May protest. In the employee reviews, there was a 63% rise that included talking about Black Lives Matter, racial equity, and other topics that are similar to those, with 71% of those reviews overtly expressing concerns or dissatisfaction with their employers' responses to the Black Lives Matter movement. 80% of organizations rated themselves as ineffective in developing what they call a diverse and inclusive leadership venture. 36% of DNI leaders find that their company were effective in their DNI inclusive initiatives. I think the first place to start is to get a better understanding of your current landscape. Look at the data and understand where you're starting from. From a diversity perspective, looking at your employee demographics, not only generally, but within roles, within, you know, sort of sectors, within your organization, within departments, and really kind of understanding that from an equity piece, what is the experience like for everyone? Looking at at set compensation, total rewards data, retention data, looking at promotion data, what are the trends, as well as looking at the retention and exit interview feedback. What are folks who are leaving us saying, are we capturing that data now? Should we start capturing that data? Where are they going on to? So really looking at the full employee life cycle. Psychological safety is essential to a healthy and diverse work environment. There are numerous benefits to doing so. It increases employee retention because employees feel much more welcome. It boosts creativity and innovation because they feel able to take a risk. They feel able to speak up. They feel healthier and included, and it builds their well-being. Organizational performance metrics go up because you have a more motivated, driven, and active participating workforce. It's always good to start with engagement surveys to really do a pulse check and see how are people feeling? Do people feel uh, that they're free to contribute and participate as their full selves without the fear of negative uh, perception? There's this true difference between satisfaction and engagement because you can be satisfied and not engaged. 
So you can think about an executive who feels very comfortable, the benefits are great, but that person, you know, leaves at 5 p.m. on the dot every day, but they're not necessarily invested in the success and development of the organization. Now, the person who's highly engaged, they're not just satisfied with doing good work. They want to do great work because they're invested in the growth, the development, the success of the organization. And so I think really looking at what you're asking on these engagement surveys and making sure that we're asking the right questions to truly understand what are those key drivers of engagement and psychological safety is one of those. So that sense of belonging, being able to feel free to bring your authentic self to work and to contribute without fear of negative consequences. Many people make the mistake of lumping together these terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They say DNI or DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion are three very different things. Diversity is representation. Do we have varied identities? There's the physical traits like race, ethnicity, gender, disability, gender identity, but then there's also socioeconomic status. There's ability, communication styles, even education. So when we think about diversity, it encompasses all of those. Equity is ensuring that everyone within the organization has fair access, quality of opportunity, the same access to information and resources are being developed and treated the same as they progress within that employee life cycle. And then the inclusion piece is really a sense of belonging, psychological safety, and being uh, actively invited to contribute and participate, represent an entire community and celebrating the power of differences. As a recruiter, as somebody in HR, take a look at the current makeup of your organization, take a look around you. And uh, if you find that it's largely homogenous in background and culture, you've got to take a look at where you're recruiting from. What is the source of your employees? You can diversify your talent pool, those who apply to the jobs. You have to think about where are you getting your people from? Where have we been looking for talent? Where has our talent come from historically? up until this point. How can we broaden our outreach? What can we be doing differently? It's also about building relationships. A lot of times we're eager to make change. And so we want to see the change happen right away. But this kind of work takes time. It's really about building and maintaining relationships. And so building relationships now with student organizations, with local organizations, with affinity clubs on campus will mean that we are starting to position ourselves as an organization who cares and who is interested and invested. Companies are going remote more and more than they ever did before. 71.1% of respondents said that remote work will be a major paradigm shift going forward, even after COVID-19. This changes everything in the way we do our work, including those interested in boosting the DE&I in their organization, because it becomes a whole new game with a whole new set of rules in a remote work world. There's a lot of opportunity. Now, we're all sort of leveling the playing field because we're all at home. With technology, we're able to broaden the reach so much more. So from a recruiting perspective, you're able to go on campuses and engage with campuses that you may not have physically been able to. You can use leaders across the country and even globally and amplifying their voices to tell your employer brand story. I think it also creates the ability for us to connect with people as colleagues and coworkers that we were not able to before as well, being able to engage with virtually. We still have the opportunity to continue to do those things um, with much larger reach um, and impact. 
of course, with all of that opportunity, we have to make sure that we're doing it the right way so that there is equity. It's really important also for leaders to be very proactive about touching base and checking in with staff. The challenge is to make sure that as a leader, you're doing that with everyone to really create a, a virtual climate of inclusion. There has been a surge of open diversity and inclusion roles right now. But I think organizations have to ensure that they've done the work internally. They have the infrastructure and systems in place to ensure success for those individuals once they get there. Collaboration is the best way to see success and to really kind of drive efficiency. If there's no dedicated diversity recruiter within your team, but you've done the research and you've taken the initiative to kind of look for different opportunities, present that to your peers, get their buy-in, have them poke holes, put together a proposal, and then share it with leadership. This is work that we're continuously going to do because the work is never done. And we want to continue to create these environments where people feel comfortable to be themselves at work and to contribute in a way that's going to be meaningful. The biggest piece in how to think about the momentum is the intersectionality. We aren't all tied to one dimension of diversity. We are complex individuals who all come from different places, look different, our abilities, the way that we think is different. There's still individuals at work who potentially English is their second language. There's still individuals who are first generation parents or immigrants or are immigrants themselves. There's still individuals who have certain different intellectual disabilities. There's always going to be opportunity outside of what is of theme right now. And so hopefully if we look at it through the intersectional lens, will continuously be motivated and will continue to create the right opportunities for all people, regardless of walk of life, to be able to come to work, engage, have access to opportunity, thrive with us and beyond. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe wherever you are to stay up to date with our new episodes. And in the meantime, head on over to the Workable blog at resources.workable.com and check out our vast resource library, And if you're looking for a better way to hire, just reach out. We'd love to help.